But look at this. You stumbled on to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee yet again, or maybe it's the first time. Either way, I welcome you. Thank you for stopping by. This used to be, uh, for four and a half years, a a weekly Monday morning thing. Uh, since about mm, August of this year, I've backed off every two or three or even four weeks. Um, <laughs> uh, I was getting a little uh, burned out, I guess. Uh, anyway, it's back in the saddle again for this uh, month of October. Uh, my name is Tim Patterson and my company's Trade Show Guy Exhibits. You can find us at tradeshowguy.net. If you haven't been there, you might check it out because there's a, that's kind of the jumping off point to uh, websites for uh, the two uh, books I've written about trade show uh, marketing, which you can find either the free digital copy or a free chapter of one of them. Of course, a link to our main website, a link to our exhibit design search for any sort of exhibit you want. It's all right there, tradeshowguy.net. So this week, I, I got an interview with a guy I've talked to a number of times before on this show. If you are familiar with what we've done here in the trade show world, Kevin Carty is the executive vice president at Classic Exhibits in the Portland, Oregon area, and is very plugged into the industry, of course. He's been doing this for a few decades. And uh, the other thing I, I wanted to talk to him about, uh, not only uh, how the industry is doing with uh, you know slowly coming out of the pandemic, there's a lot of issues that are still being uh, a big challenge to everyone. I wanted to kind of talk to him about some of the, um, not, not only the challenges, but Exhibitor Live, which is coming up, they're going to be at uh, in, uh, I think, just a couple of weeks at the end of October, early November. Also, uh, he was pretty involved in some of the uh, advocacy, the lobbying, I guess you could call it, uh, for the event industry uh, during the pandemic uh, for through congressmen and, and Congress and that sort of thing. Uh, so I, I kind of picked his brains on that, how that went. Anyway, it's a fun interview, a lot of good stuff here, stuff that I hadn't known yet. Uh, and yes, the challenges are still there for the trade show industry, but uh, uh, Kevin's got his... Uh, finger on the pulse as it were and, and share some great stuff all right it's trade show guy monday morning coffee want to welcome kevin carty executive vice president of uh, classic exhibits in the portland area kevin it's good to see you again it's been a while since we've caught up yeah it's good to see you tim thanks for having me yeah so I, i'm curious to know i know that you guys are going to a show uh, coming up soon and we can talk about shows coming and going and stuff but uh the exhibitor live is in is it in november uh, yeah, the final day setup is on uh, Halloween in Las Vegas, and then the show itself is uh, on Monday, Tuesday, the 1st and 2nd of November. So it's a two-day show instead of three-day show. Um, uh, if I take the opportunity to say, I'm one who's been a big advocate of doing that as a two-day show for a long time, so um, okay. I kind of hope that this sticks. I don't know if it will, but I kind of hope it does. Well, I hope you have a good show. I'm curious, what are you guys setting up? The same size as what you've done before? Um, you know, some people are pulling back, others are expanding, you know? Yeah, no, I think it's, that's a great question. Um, so we looked at this pretty critically, um, uh, you know, going into the 2020 event in March, um, we actually had a, uh, uh, we did something different. We, we, we typically have a 20 by 30 island, usually double-decker, pretty big presence, et cetera. Um, in March 2020, we were actually going to be splitting off and having a 10 by 30 peninsula, but it was all custom wood fab. We were going to be um, uh, launching our new branding, our new logo and our, our, our new corporate branding. Um, and then at the end of the same aisle by design, we, we had kind of a unique space, which was a, a, a 15 foot wide space that was kind of in a weird spot at the end of an aisle. So it was really visible oddly when you were walking down the aisle but then we had the ability to take it up really high as well and that was going to be launching the symphony um product line at the right. time 
And um, so in looking at this, we had the booth built um, uh, internally here and it was, it was ready to go. Um, but for this year's show, like everybody else, we're kind of looking at it and saying, okay, well, um, we, we're not sure what attendance is going to be. Um, numbers are, are looking okay, but um, uh, not certainly normal um, exhibitor live numbers. And so <clears throat> we still wanted to put an emphasis on getting the symphony and product line out there, um, but also still highlight our, our brand. So we kept the 10 by 30 uh, perimeter so we can go high with it. Um, and we're going to show off a combination of the new symphony, which while it's not new now, um, uh, it, it's, it's been sort of going like gang, uh, gangbusters uh, as the markets come back. It's been real popular and we're showing some custom elements as well. I'm curious if you get a sense of uh, from other exhibitors, uh, even through your some of your distributors uh, or show organizers, how they perceive the show will roll out. Uh, a lot of the shows over the summer have been 40, 50, 60 percent uh, full level of attendance, both on the uh, attendee side and and exhibitor side. What are you hearing, if anything? Well, there's a there's there's some real complicating factors to the answer right. to that question. Um, uh, uh, Number one, I think there's there's different numbers that we're hearing, and I'm not saying anyone's not telling the truth. That's not the case at all. I think it's it's just reading the data differently. Um, but I, I would ourselves and other people I know who are going are certainly anticipating um, that it'll probably be, you know, uh, uh, near you know 50, say 60 percent of what normal um, um, attendance would be. Um, and then when you layer in staff for the booths into those attendance numbers, um, I, you know, that's going to be less as well. I mean, we're right. bringing less people, um, but probably the most complicating factor, I, I believe, is um, on your traditional attendee side, um, the, the number of large events that are going on at that exact same time, both either right prior during the event and or at, right after that event, um, is pretty significant. Um, okay. And some of them are happening in Vegas, um, but some of them are happening in Chicago. They're happening all over the country. And so for a corporate exhibitor, um, it, it's a tough time to try to go to that, to our event, which they may, may normally go to. So that kind of remains to be seen. And this is just me, my own speculation, no one else. Um, I wonder if, uh, if, if some of those registrations are carried over from the last time we had the event. So people who are going to the 2020 event, um, will they be there, even though that they're, um, they're, they're registered to go because their registration carried over, um, will they be there? I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, thankfully there's some big shows happening in Vegas that week. So if nothing else, I think we might get some people roaming from one show to the another, at least come over for, for part of a day to, right. to see the event. And it, with two days, it'll certainly be more focused. You know, I'm hearing anecdotally, mm -hmm. and I'm curious to see how it plays out at this show, is that with less people, even less exhibitors, the people that are there are are serious about it. And, you know, they're having uh, in-depth conversations, and, and a lot of the companies still come away with uh, pretty much as many leads as they would have gotten at a regular show. Have you so, heard that more than I've heard that a couple times. I've heard that consistently every week, actually. And, and to me, I think it's a, it's a um, you know, perception might tell us oh my gosh there's less people there and, and um uh, it doesn't feel as crowded and is that good but I, I go back to um uh i send it out to a retailer in um denver in august and um i i was real intentional about talking to as many exhibitors as i could as i went around um knowing that a lot of the normal exhibitors weren't there 
corporate travel restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. But there were some big exhibitors there and a lot of smaller ones. Um, and, and, you know, everybody was really excited about the, the quote unquote quality of the leads um, of the people who are coming by. And so if you think about that on a, on a, on a large corporate event, <clears throat> exhibitor really would be no different, although it's a small event, but um, we, we love the big attendance, but oftentimes the folks that, let me use exhibitor live as an example, the folks that are maybe attending the, the CTSM classes, um, it's great having them come through and, and see your products and be able to explain all those. But oftentimes they're not they're not the buyer, um, uh, but they're there to attend the courses. And and um, if as long as those buyers though are still coming to the show, everybody's going to be super happy. And exactly. um, we're hearing that literally show after show after show of client reviews. Well, that's good. Even though some shows are still getting canceled or pushed uh, months yeah. down the road. I am curious to know uh, this kind of a, a, a sideline. I don't want to get too far down this bunny trail, but the uh, one show that I'm very familiar with, of course, is Natural Products Expo West, which mm -hmm. is Anaheim. I'll have a number of clients there, so I will be there. And I'm curious, that's five, six months away. What will the environment be at that point and how many people will come back? I know they, you know, the numbers that they've had through 2019, which was the last show, were very glitzy, 80,000 plus Mm -hmm. uh, attendees, you know, 3,500 plus exhibitors. I can't imagine it being that big, but I'm just curious where all that will land. So, yeah, I, I am, I am, I am too. I think it'll be interesting to see what the, you know, the final audits are on, um, on the Philly event, um, it, it kind of gauges, you know, what, you know, what happens, but, um, it, you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah. you know, our next really huge event is CES. Right. And, um, It'll be, I think that's going to be a bellwether for us for 2022. The good news is, is people are still buying exhibits and they're, they're, they're wanting to spend money and they're wanting to get back to the face-to-face -face marketing plan, um, which is encouraging. And they're seeing positive results, even though there's less attendance, they're seeing positive results. So I think we'll continue to see growth in the builds and, and, and even bigger builds. Um, but it, it's, it's going to be mentally hard sometimes, I think, to, to, to get past that oh man, I'm used to seeing whatever it is, 40,000 people here. And there was 18, right. <laughs> but to your, but to your point, if they're looking at the, 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 the business generated from it, if the business generated from that show is, is similar to years past from a percentage wise, then um, I, you know, people aren't going to complain. It's, it's costing less to send less people maybe to work booth or to send less people to attend. Yeah. And the landscape of everything has certainly changed. I'm curious, uh, you know, in, in supply chains, uh, shipping issues, staffing issues. I know that in, in July, you you made a point of putting out a, a document on how uh, critical the, sh uh, the, the issues were, especially with supply and, and shipping. Uh, what has changed since then, if anything? Has, has any of it gotten better? Has it gotten worse from your perspective? Frankly, yeah, quite frankly, I think, um, you know, the wood issues have actually gotten better. So there's some, there's some highlights there, uh, you know, we all saw big spikes. You saw it in your own home life if you were going to Home Depot, but um, big yeah, spikes in wood. This summer, so yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, but the 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 wood definitely leveled out. Uh, it didn't go back to it didn't go back to pre-pandemic prices, but it leveled out to at least some 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 reasonable um, um, pricing. Um, 
but in general, supply chain has not gotten better, um, and it's it's going to continue to be a struggle. I was posting something on on LinkedIn uh, recently. I work in the advocacy team for um, EDPA, and and my, my focus right now on advocacy for the last several months has been specifically on um, tariff resolution uh, or tariff reform and whatnot, and and that's been a big effect. Um, Getting metal, um, whether you're aluminum, steel, whatever, um, the costs number one are, are are higher than they've ever been, and they're they're continuing to climb. Um, I, I share this with people openly, just from a perspective. We placed three significant orders for our profiles that we own to be extruded locally here in Portland. Our other big extrusion provider is in Utah, and then we do have one offshore provider outside um, that's in Vietnam. Um, one of those orders was placed around the 15th of March. The other one was around the 15th of April and the other one was around the 15th of May. None of them have been delivered yet. And oh, they keep, they keep getting pushed back. Um, uh, trucking issues. Uh, people are starting to kind of, uh, I'd say in the last three, four weeks, it hasn't gotten better on the trucking end because there's such a driver shortage, but right. um, if people are planning more, I mean, I never thought, Tim, I'd see a day where we were shipping exhibits out of here to go to a Las Vegas show seven days prior to when it had to be at the next dock, when normally from Portland, it's a, it's a two-day drive. Two day and, um, and um, But people are padding that. Um, labor continues to be um, um, an issue that's affecting supply chain. Um, our extruder in, in, um, in Utah is a great example. Um, uh, it's material. Rob Oxide, they're having a hard time getting their billets or Oxide to, to get the billets done, but um, also just getting people hired back. He was quoting me uh, two weeks ago when I was talking to him. He's like, we're at like 2.3% unemployment in the state of Utah. He goes, so getting people to come back is hard. And if you don't mind me saying, um, we're heading into baseball playoffs. So I use this okay. as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a term. Um, you know, our own hiring here, uh, for uh, shop employees in particular, we were batting like a hundred through the summer. It was it was crazy. We couldn't get anybody to to stick or even accept jobs. Um, after uh, the first full week of September, that started relieving a little bit as far as getting people coming in to do the interviews. We raised all of our hourly rates significantly um, to try to attract more people. Um, but even at that. Um, the number of folks that are starting and just stopping um, has been, it's been pretty disconcerting to be quite honest with you, to have someone come in, you train them for, you know, a week yeah. and they just, they end up moving on. So, so in, you know, in, in real, it's obviously affecting timelines. So in real world, let's say a, a distributor or a client comes to you and says, you know, we've got this uh, island booth. We want to, we want to have it uh, at Expo, for example, which, you know, you've got to ship by mid February when are you wanting to get that confirmed and, and out on the floor uh, to make sure that uh, you can meet those timelines at this point? It's a good point. Um, we've <laughs> got uh, several comp uh, opportunities for Expo West right now and, and um, finding we're not the only builder who's, who's parodying the same message. Right. Um, you know, get your orders in in uh, early December and so that we can start planning for them and, and um, uh, getting them in. Part of that is driven by the, the expectation for a lot, a lot, a lot of business in Q1. And so that's going to, um, uh, that's a positive, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, never did I uh, ever imagine we'd be in a place where 
you know, say a 30 by 30 custom build, which normally would be 20, 25 uh, business days to produce, you know, getting graphics worked out, all that good stuff um, is, is in some cases, you know, 40, 45 business days um, dependent on what materials are, are needed um, uh, for that, uh, for that build. Well, that, that's really good to know. Obviously, uh, you know, we're talking to clients like that and, and knowing those timelines uh, and sharing that uh, wherever we can, whether they become a client or not, is good to know just because they've got a plan too and you've got a plan. And <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, do you, uh, looking ahead to the future, is there any sense in the industry uh, of, of quote unquote normalcy by mid 2022 or is it going to be 2023 or, or even at the end of 2023? So the estimates right now are that um, economically, the, the, our industry will recover, will fully recover by um, end of Q2 2022. There's, there's, some, there's, there's some caution in, yeah. in saying that and, and hearing it for what it really is, because the supply chain issues um, are not anticipated to really resolve themselves. And that's a lot, a lot of things have to fall into place for what I'm about to say. Um, uh, supply chain issues are not really looking to fall back into quote unquote normal um, until sometime midpoint of 2023. So, um, you know, while, while, while from a revenue standpoint, there's, there's, there's recovery targeted for end of Q2 2022, you've got a whole nother year beyond that before people believe that the actual supply chain is going to um, kind of right itself and whatever right itself looks like again we don't really know what what that new normal i hate that term from yeah, a supply chain standpoint <laughs> looks like so um it's it's we we've got we've got a lot of headwinds um it's not just our industry one of the, that that yeah. the tariff advocacy work that i'm at a, a committee that i've been on um involves People from U.S. pork manufacturers, U.S. steel, um, the, the the RV manufacturers of of, of the United States um, Association. Um, there's there's big industries facing the exact same issues that um, that we are. So um, it's there's there's going to be some headwinds for the next year, year and a half. Yeah, actually, it was going to be my last question. You know, the advocacy you've done and others in the industry have done to congressional leaders and all of that. Mm -hmm. Did you get some, uh, some, some relief out of that? That was, was palpable. Did you, did you get out of that anything that you guys really wanted or, or just making them aware that we're here? <laughs> well, I think, I think there's your number one win. Um, your number one win is that um, if, if we, if we you put bookends on from today back to say March 15th, March 15th, um, you would be hard pressed to really find anybody on on Capitol Hill that even knew our industry, much less understood it, yeah. um, and much less understood the, the 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 economic impact, positive economic impact we have on on uh, the GDP annually. Um, if you go to the other end of that, to where we are today, they at least know, um, and people have a greater understanding. Um, and this this goes from direct conversations with 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 Congress men and women and senators alike to their staffs. Um, uh, uh, it's been it's been um, uh, fun and educational, um, uh, albeit painful. Um, building these relationships actually and and actually getting reach outs now from some of these teams where they're checking in how is how are things going and and um which has been good um on the 
I'm going to, I'm going to carve off of, of, and that was all, that was all uh, talking about stimulus, you know, grant money. And, and we're still hard at work on that. Chris Griffin and the, and, and, and uh, his role at EDPA is, is working still daily, very, very hard on some upcoming grant opportunities that specifically carved out for our industry that we're keeping our fingers crossed on. But the tariff side, I, I was, uh, I, I, I put it this way. Um, we've had a, a lot of end roads, which has been nice. Um, we kind of got kicked in the shins um, this last Tuesday when um, the current administration announced that um, they really have no plans to uh, change the tariff protocols that were put in place by the last administration. Yeah, I remember seeing As a matter that. Of fact, matter of fact, they intend on potentially expanding upon them, which um, is tough um, because it's 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 creating. Um, a lot of additional costs to US-based manufacturing right now. Um, its intended plan was to create costs for countries that weren't necessarily uh, dealing in a fair manner, um, China being one, um, on the global market. But in in fact, what it's done is, uh, I mean, uh, August, sorry, I've got lots of data in my head. August is a great example. Um, there was $7.6 billion in uh, taxes paid by American businesses based just on those tariffs, the highest number since uh, well before, you know, you could go back uh, two or three, well, three administrations, and we've never seen them up that high. Yeah. Wow. Kevin, it's always good to catch up with you. I appreciate the uh, information insight and all, all the work you do on behalf of the industry. Uh, thanks again for, for making time. I appreciate it. You bet. Appreciate it as always, Tim. All right. Take care. Take care. And yes, thanks again to Kevin Carty, Executive Vice President at uh, Classic Exhibits for this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, one good thing I'm going to share before I go, and that, of course, is National Basketball Association. Yes, it's that time of year my, where my wife says, there's another game on of uh, you know college football, NFL, uh, basketball, the WNBA is wrapping up their championship. All sorts of stuff is happening in October. And um, she's not a big sports fan, but but I am, so I watch what I can when I can. Uh, but nonetheless, the NBA preseason's underway. won't be long before the regular season gets underway, and we're off and running again on yet another National Basketball Association season. I love watching basketball. love playing it when I was a kid. And I shoot hoops now and then. Anyway, thanks for watching. Check us again here. Uh, the blog is Trade Show Guy Blog dot com and the main site tradeshowguy.net and let's do this again here soon.